Go and do the things you already love. Go find an advantage where you're, it's a green field that you can play your own game. I always like the phrase zig when others are zagging. And do your strengths. Do your excellence. What can you be number one in? I'm talking to you. What can you be number one in? And you can't be number one in something. You just have to really figure that out. What is up, you beautiful bastards? It's your boy, Grey Poupon, a.k.a. Rabbi Cantlose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I am sharing every single business idea I have ever done. By the way, there's been at least 24 of them. And as Steve Jobs said, you can't connect the dots looking forward, only looking backward. So as I was looking back at all these businesses, I realized there was actually a lot of connections. And what might have seen it random at the time allowed me to progress through each one and learn so many valuable lessons that I'm really, really excited to share my best ones with you today. So if you've ever wanted to learn about starting businesses, how to move quickly, you're going to love this episode. In this episode, you're going to enjoy three major things. Number one, the 10-year rule. Number two, the coffee challenge. And three, why you always have to solve your own problems. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Before we jump into the episode, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I post a lot of exclusive stuff there to help you start or grow your business and overcome fear. That's youtube.com slash okdork. That's youtube.com slash okdork. And make sure, by the way, to also subscribe to AppSumo.com. It is the number one site online for software deals. It is literally insane deals. I do not know how the team is able to get them for you, but they do. Check it out, AppSumo.com. And a special pre-show shout out to listener Alex RM 87 He said, value bombs in every episode. This episode, there are some huge ass bombs. If you want a shout out in a future episode, make sure to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your shows. I check every single one of them. I am worth... $10 million. That is absolutely insane. But what's even more insane than that is that it took me over 10 years and over 20 different businesses to get there. If I would have just kept my day job at Intel, I'd be worth around $500,000. The first site that I ever did was okdork.com, which I'm still doing today, which is crazy. And so for me, I've always been fascinated with technology. I actually built a site flat HTML. There was no WordPress at this time. And I just thought, hey, it'd be fun while I was bored at school to start blogging and writing about my journals online. And I still sleep with this frog today. So okay, door to comment. I thought someone would buy it and I'm still waiting for someone to buy this domain. But next up, this is where I had hair when I was writing this. That's what happens when you work on the internet. So the first site that actually really started uh, building more businesses and so forth was everspeed.com. So this is a really cool one. I was really into import cars and import models, but I don't know if they import the models. But the point being is I just love Honda CRXs and I love all these really cool cars. So I got a brick of a camera and with it, I just started taking photos and posting it online and posting about hot import nights. And so the two cool takeaways for this, of course, again, number one is it was something I was just interested in. I wasn't trying to make a lot of money. And two is that I got access to all these events for free because people were like, oh, you're taking all these photos. You're already posting about it. Why don't you just come? The next site was when I was in college. It's called collegeup.org. And big shout out to archive.org as well for having all of these on their, on their site. In college, I figured Craigslist is for like cities. But for students, maybe kind of like similar to Facebook-ish, this was in 2004, 2003, there'd be a site for college kids. And so I built a bunch of it. We tried to, you can see a lot, classifieds, professor reviews. We did a hot or not thing, study buddy. None of them really took off. People ask me all the time, when do you know if your business is working? When do you know if it's validated? You'll know. And I think a lot of times I always used to joke, it's like putting hot stickers on a Honda. This Honda doesn't go much faster. You just got to buy a Porsche if you really want to go fast. One of the things that's really key about collegeup.org that I wanted to highlight is that the fact that I was building this, the fact that I built Everspeed and a few other sites in college is the only reason I got my job at facebook.com as number 30. I didn't know anyone from the company, but I was busy doing things for college students and making things happen. So it was easy to show them, hey, this is all the stuff that I'm doing in school. 
So next up, really interesting site was called comegetused.com. Yes, it's comegetused.com. And it was a college book exchange. And so you got to look at what sucks. If you want to start a business, just say, hey, look at the whole day that you just lived and say, what was annoying about today? Or what did I do that was really exciting today? And for me, you'd buy these books at schools, you'd sell them back to the bookstores, they would take a huge cut and then resell them for the same price you bought. I was like, yo, that's a ripoff. And so me and some friends just started building a site where you could post your books for whatever price you wanted, and then other people could just buy them. And so we posted flyers around campus. Yeah, this is old school stuff, paper, you guys remember paper? And we ended up merging the company. And you know, a lot of these things, especially if you're younger, just get started and even do the, the typical stuff, sell t-shirts, do the book exchange, do whatever it is that is just getting going to start learning about business because you'll learn so much through it. The next business I started creating, this is in 2005, 2006, was called HFG Consulting. And it stands for hella fucking good. Come on, give me a break. And I was a senior in college. I was an RA in the dorms. And I was looking through all these students who wanted to get into Haas, the business school, and they didn't have any opportunities. And then I said, hey, well, there's all these local restaurants and businesses that need help marketing to college campuses. What if I could kind of like pair those two opportunities? So that, that's what you have to do in business. You say, what are the problems maybe now or in six months? What are the advantages that maybe I can use and make it happen? And so I ended up basically going to these local businesses. I would sell them, say, hey, it's $200. We'll do your marketing or we'll do a marketing review. And then I had all these basically unpaid students doing all this work. We didn't make a ton, but it was a great way of kind of merging opportunities together and getting things going. The thing that's interesting about a lot of this, especially with HFG Consulting, is when you start noticing that just by getting going, it created a bigger opportunity. So Kenny, Kenny on our team actually came to me one day and he said, hey, you know what? There was this discount card that's gone. What if we took that and we just did it, right? We're already kind of, there's a bunch of us. We already know a lot of the stores. And so we created ninjacard.com and the economics were great. We go to these stores, they give us free discounts. We printed a card for about 50 cents and then we'd sell them for $10. And so the economics were amazing. And one of the things, especially if you sell physical products that I loved about this time is that I loved putting the cards in the envelope. You just put them in. And every single time I was like, I'm getting paid. And I, I don't know, man, that, that was just such a great feeling. It's something if you get a feel, I hope. And I always encourage people, it's the velocity to $1. And so what that means is that every time you can just get your first dollar, that momentum is insane. And that feeling is so empowering. And you're just going to want a lot more of it. So a few other actual interesting highlights from the ninjacard.com example was how we sold them. And this is what still applies today. We went to the fraternities, the Greeks and the sororities, and we said, hey, you sell the cards for 10, you keep five of it. And so they sold it like crazy. We still had a great margin. And it really expanded our sales team without any cost. Number two, we actually, this was the first time I really started creating tracking and websites. And I think a lot of new entrepreneurs, what they do is they're like, oh, I need a website, I need all this stuff. It's like, do you need a website? Probably not. What you actually need is doing it manually. And eventually the website is supposed to help you, like creating a course. Don't create an online course, go help people manually until you can't do it anymore, then create the course. And so we couldn't track all the cards manually anymore. So we created a CRM or a tracking software internally for ourselves. As well as that we started, as you can see, we made a website early on because if anyone could just sell cards and copy us because it was quick for us to do, you have to start thinking if I can make it easy, someone else can. So what else can I do that would differentiate? We ended up actually scaling to five different campuses, which is pretty cool. Made $50,000 profit. Big shout out JR, one of my best friends I met through that. But the thing that's really interesting is, and Zuckerberg said this, and I, and I really loved his point was, if you don't cannibalize your business, someone else will. So one of the things that happened with Ninja Card was after three years, the Berkeley student newspaper copied our card because we copied someone else. Most business ideas are copies. They made it free and they charged the restaurants $300 to be on the card. They basically destroyed our entire business and I had to give up. 
But the point being, again, is that you need to think about how could someone cannibalize, just like the blockbuster Netflix is, is such a great example of that. After the Ninja card, I was working at Intel. I created peoplereminder.com. It's down, but basically it was an early CRM. So I just want to show you that it was down. Next up, though, is that if you have a day job, a lot of people email me or ask me, hey, I got a day job. What can I do? I don't know anyone. I don't have any connections. I don't have any business ideas. So the best way is just to start connecting with smart people. So I was at Intel in my day job, hated my life. And I started basically just hosting things and blogging about things like, hey, let's try to connect people. And so the thing I did was called entrepreneur27.org. And I just wanted to meet other smart people. So I thought of people I knew that I worked with as an intern. And I emailed them and said, hey, do you know any smart people in the Bay Area? And this is how I met Ramit Sethi and a few other really interesting people. And so entrepreneur27.org was just like, yo, let me host some events. I didn't have a network. I didn't have any audiences. But I found interesting people like Blake Ross. You guys know Blake Ross, the founder of Firefox, and him and a few others. And I said, yo, do you want to come out to an event? And I'll just invite a bunch of people and we'll have a lot of fun. You know, you could see from this, the, the site as well, like we did a Cerveza and Chess events. We did a ping pong one. We did a bunch of different events. And this is a way that I was actually able to connect with so many people uh, in Silicon Valley and really build my network. This is a great way to just start putting on events, put on a dinner, put on a breakfast, put on a walk, whatever it is, and just get going and, and being a hub, whatever. And it could also be online or join a group like okdork.com slash group. Come join our free group. Next up is Community Next. So a lot of these are evolve, right? So I started doing these small events. And this is right after I got fired by Facebook, which is a whole nother story. And you can read about it on okdork.com. But I said, hey, I got fired by Facebook. There's no events or conferences for social networks. And obviously today, every, you know, everything is social. But at this time, there wasn't anything. And so me and some buddies put this on. And I just was like, yo, who could we invite? That would be super cool. So we invited uh, Max Levchin from PayPal, the Hot or Not guys, Suicide Girls, Plenty of Fish, Guy Kawasaki. And it was such an amazing experience. Me and my buddy Devin, and, and we had like Hawaiian food, and we had free drinks and free coffee all day, free alcohol, open bars. And this is before that was the norm. And at the end of the day, which was actually really crazy about, we did four conferences, over 300 people each conference, and I never did it before, right? I never put on it before. And I think that's actually an advantage because I didn't know what I couldn't do. Think about that. And I ended up making about 50,000 per each conference. And again, I got to meet really amazing people that I still get to talk to, work with, benefit from today. And I think, again, just make the stuff that you want to go to. If you're not looking forward to your event or your business or your sales, figure out what you need to do to make that happen. And guess what? Then you'll probably end up getting the results. So while I was there, I actually started creating a free blog called freecalls2.com. And it's still around today. Don't go checking it out. But I think what's really interesting about free calls too that I want to take away, this is an opportunity site. And there's two kind of key takeaways from this. This is basically you go here and I put a bunch of ads on it. Two things that were interesting is one on okdork.com, someone wrote an article about voice over IP calling. And I noticed that I was getting a lot of AdSense revenue on one page, which was about that. So I created a dedicated site, hired writers at $5 an article, put ads, and it still makes maybe about $100 to $200 a day. So kind of notice what's working. And maybe if it's working, this is something I think we do really well at AppSumo. Dot com. If you find something working, go hard on it. But the other thing with that is that I noticed that I only worked on it when I was bored with my main thing. And the real opportunity here, I did try to optimize it, wasn't that large. So really think about how large is the opportunity. And if your main thing is not interesting, figure out how to really focus or fix that. Next up though, oh, this is a fun one. So the next up one is Fatcast. Fatcast is with my very good friend, Andrew Chen. If you don't know him or follow him, I highly recommend you checking out Andrew Chen. This is in 2003. I'm still uh, at Intel. And Fatcast was basically a pre-YouTube site. So it was videos online, but it was backed by BitTorrent. So you used BitTorrent to actually make the videos. And then it was also challenge-based, which means you pay someone to make a video, like getting hit in the balls or whatever that is. 
But it was really interesting. And I think the part that I would take away from this experience was just being around smart ass people. So Andrew Chen, insanely smart. The guys he worked with, insanely smart. And I think sometimes timing when you start a business, like YouTube started about six to nine months after us. Timing is important. The other thing is that also iterating. So we started videos. I think you have to realize bandwidth was expensive. All these things were expensive, but all right, maybe this is a little bit early. Is there a way we can iterate or keep going with it? So one, be around smart ass people. Or if you can, if you have any opportunity to work with them or work for free with them, which is what it was for me. And then also timing is important. So if it's not working right now, but you think there's a tidal wave of this opportunity coming and you could be a part of it, keep tweaking it, keep tweaking it. That was a really fun one that we got to be a part of. So next up though, uh, was Kickflip and Gambit. I was working at Mint, this is 2007, and I hated my job. I didn't really want to be there. And my dream, I don't know about your dream, was always to go and run my own business. And especially at that time, I wanted to go work on the beaches of Thailand. And that had a lot of appeal to me. And so I saw that my friend Amit Gupta posted an app on this new Facebook platform. I was like, what the hell is that? And I saw like, holy shit, this is, Facebook's got a large ass audience and there's going to be a lot of opportunity there. And so what I first did was look at what will monetize. This is one of those opportunity businesses I'm trying to warn you of. But I basically saw that the top app was a, a soccer app. And you put basically your favorite soccer team logo on your profile. But I was like, all right, this is really interesting. And so from that soccer app, I was like, well, let me create all the other sports, hockey, basketball, baseball, football. And I was like, well, I, if I could put their logo on their profile, I could just link to an Amazon affiliate link and I'll start hopefully making that $3,500 a day. What's really interesting about that is I showed you people reminder before. One of the things about working online is such a small place. So the guy who helped me do people reminder that I showed you the site was down, he helped me build this stuff. I think what's interesting is just know what you always want. Realize you're, you're going to come across people. If you find amazing people in anything you're doing, if they're the salesperson for customer support, if they're a marketer, developer, do whatever it takes to keep involved with them and stay with them. Another of the few things that were interesting about Kickflip when I started building these Facebook games was that I kept my cost of living low, so I didn't really have to make too much. And that's something to really be concerned of is that if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to start your own business, if you want to be a millionaire, keep your cost of living low. I still do. I still have my Miata, which I love, White Thunder. And because of that, though, I don't need to make a lot and I don't have to worry if I'm making a lot. I ended up becoming the number one Facebook game developer at that time, building all these apps. They went super viral and we raised money from Naval Ravikant, which was an interesting story. And so you can read on okdork.com or below why I actually quit Mint and went full time on this. And I ended up moving to Argentina. And so I did live my dream and ended up doing it. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. You know, during this process, I hated making these games. And we ended up building a bunch of different games like uh, Excite Bike, Oregon Trail, all these things. And, and it evolved, tattoos. But I never enjoyed it. I didn't really play the games. I didn't like all these whiners on Facebook. I didn't want to really be on Facebook. I was still mad at Zuck for getting fired. And so I kind of had a quarter life crisis. And at that time, the team I was working on was like, hey, you kind of have to get back to work. And I didn't really want to do it. And so at that time, we just were like, all right, I'll come back to work with you guys. And so we built a site called betarcade.com. And it was online sports betting. I don't think I still have, there's any examples of the site up. Let me see if I could find it. All right, here's one. And so on this site, you could see that it basically is you can do sports betting. And look, I didn't know what else to do at the time. I wanted to give up. I didn't want to do the games. My partners were quitting. Naval was mad at me. And so we built Bet Arcade and it was sports betting, which I don't follow sports at the time. I didn't do any betting. And so honestly, it was kind of just a drag to do. I didn't really want to do it. But what's really interesting about Bet Arcade is that we had people buy and sell for chips. And from that, though, which is really interesting, we noticed that the, the payment providers were taking large cuts of the amount of chips we were selling. And so Andrew Hunter on our team one weekend was like, hey, let me just see if I can build up kind of a quick version of this for myself. And I really want to show you the site because this site did over $30 million our first year in total revenue. Is that not mind blowing? Is your mind blown? My mind was blown. But the point here that's actually really interesting and really powerful about this is a lot of people are like, I need websites. I need websites. 
do you need a website? We did $30 million in total revenue, 10% profit. If you can do the math, that's, that's a lot. And so the point is, this was our website. And so think about if your business isn't working or there's a part that's not working, is there any part that's working? Is there any place that you can go and be, oh, there's something interesting there. Let me go further with that part as well. Maybe you don't need the website. And so at Gambit, I ended up doing this stuff. We, we actually grew really well. We got sued by our largest competitor, Facebook banned us. And so that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But what it did lead me to do is quit that company, which I ended up starting, right? I started Kickflip at Mint. I left to go to Argentina. We did Better Arcade. And then we did this Gambit thing. And for me, it was a really interesting experience where I was like, my next business, I want to work with partners I like. I want to work on a problem I like. And I want to work on a problem that matters. And so I learned that from working on these different things where all those three things weren't working. The partners weren't working. The business wasn't working. And I hated the customers as well. And so the next thing that I noticed was I love marketing. We did payments. Everyone just needed customers, okay? So they didn't need our payment stuff, but they wanted customers. I love marketing and promoting and evangelizing things. I learned that from being a part of Mint.com. And ultimately, I saw that there's a new distribution model called Groupon and MacHeist. As well as software, I, thought, I saw software getting bigger. So there was basically like these different pockets of things happening, like marketing, new marketing activity, this new marketing distribution, this new group of products get, that's gonna get a lot bigger. And so I said, hey, how can I be a part of that? How can I help do that? Because that to me seems high level and high value and also something, frankly, I would enjoy. And so we started actually three sites. So when we started AppSumo.com, when I started it, I actually started three sites at the same time, at the same damn time. And so the, one of the first sites I started was called Reward Level. And so the idea with rewardlevel.com was incentivize signup forms, blah, blah, blah. It was complicated. Don't even worry about that. It was too complicated to even explain. There's also a lesson in that, by the way. But the note to myself was that don't let your domains expire for this shit. So people now have it. I don't some like healthcare shit. So if you have a domain, don't let it expire if it's a good one. But even more importantly than that is that this is where I met Chad. So Chad was actually a customer at Gambit and he was my favorite customer. And I told you guys that earlier. So if you've worked with someone, if a customer of someone, uh, stay in touch. And Chad... Uh, who's now one of my best friends and still my business partner to this day, 10 years later, worked for free just because we had a good relationship and he wanted to be a part of it. And that's what started, you know, building this, this business that we've been able to build. And so through Reward Level, we built Reward Level. Another thing we built, which I don't have a screenshot of, it's called Software Taco. And so Software Taco was actually the original name of AppSumo. And so Software Taco was basically software reviews packaged in a nice taco. Anyways, the point with that, which is really interesting, was that we started doing reviews and then we started doing this reward level site. And at the same time, then we launched AppSumo. And so this is actually the first uh, version of what AppSumo looked like. It was just an, an email opt in. I know my buddy Paul Stamatio, pstam.com. Thank you so much. Uh, he definitely helped me promote and, and get going early on. And the site looked like shit. This is now an eight figure revenue and a significantly profitable business. And so this was just daily deals. I was like, let me, I don't want to pay full price. And I told you those three intersections were coming together of marketing, customers, this whole distribution thing. I was like, well, let me just go get Imgur or a product that I would want to pay for, but get a discount on it and see if I can sell it. And I ended up selling Imgur, about 200 of them at $7. And I was like, all right, there's a business here. But one of the things I want to highlight that's really interesting about these kind of three businesses that we did was that there was only me and then Chad was helping out part-time, but you can't have three businesses. And I think that's what a lot of us do. And we do three because we don't want to fail, but it also makes it so we don't do any of them very well. And especially if there's only one or two of you it's really hard. And so the thing that I think Andrew or someone asked me was, which one can you 10x easier? And I was like, oh, AppSumo.com. I think the reviews business, now there's a bunch of these businesses that are large from reviews and reward level. I don't know if that'll ever work, but it was an interesting point that I was like, the one that can 10x was AppSumo. And he's like, just focus just on that. And I think that's been one of our successes with AppSumo over the years, which is we pick singular goals. So at AppSumo, the first year, or not the first year, but the first year I started taking it seriously, our first year was to get like 100,000 emails. 
And then we had like a goal to get like a certain amount of page views. And then we had a goal to a certain amount of like revenue. And having very singular goals is something I learned from Mark. And I think has really been one of our, our big successes for why we've done well at the company. And now there's a team of 40 people working on AppSumo.com. It's the number one site online for software deals. And I truly believe, and I think when you create something that you're proud of, uh, you should go and tell the world about it. And I believe if anyone's creating an online business, they should be signed up to the AppSumo.com newsletter and check out what are the best products and the best prices for tools to help you grow any online business. So we started AppSumo in 2010. We cut out all these other sites. We started doubling down on AppSumo. Some of the ways we grew, I'm going to put in another video, but we grew through giveaways. We grew through amazing deals. And then we grew through advertising, among a bunch of other things. I'm going to look at the air horn. Yeah, we were doing awesome at that time. But the thing with AppSumo that's really wild, uh, we've definitely had a rocky journey. So this is 2010. You realize, okay, dork, the domain that I thought I was going to get rich on was in 2000. So now it's, it's 10 years and I'm still poor. AppSumo in our first year made $100,000 in revenue. I think I paid myself nothing, just to give you an idea. And when we did AppSumo, we have deals. And so with deals, what's really interesting is that some deals do really well and some deals do bad. But guess what? My costs are still the same. I ended up kind of having a little bit of a breakdown. And I was like, man, I don't like this fluctuation of our business. And so we started saying, all right, well, how do we create more products so that that revenue is more predictable? Because it was really hard to know which deals are going to do well and which ones aren't. We took the giveaway software that worked really well for our business. We did Dropbox for life and Evernote for life and Netflix for life. And we're still paying to this day, 10 years later. But we took the software that we built called kingsumo.com and we actually made that a business. So this is kind of, I would call like the agency model of a company. What that's about is you do agency work or you're doing your business and you're noticing if you're doing anything repetitively, create software or a company out of that. And that's why, because agencies are like, oh, we take my clients. And so they always kind of create software. And I think that's what we did here with Consumer that I liked is we wanted more predictable revenue. And then really just look at what you're doing repetitively or that you're doing that successful that maybe you can sell to other people. And King Sumo was our first one that we really did. Damien Down Under made it. Thanks, mate. Uh, he's the one who took it on our team and put it out there. We wanted to keep going on this. Hey, build a product, have predictable revenue, control the product. Because when we're promoting an AppSumo, and still this day, you know, there's a very thorough vetting process. But we wanted to say, all right, we want to have our own products. We're basically like, all right, we're doing these deals. We're getting kind of big with the deals, but it's not really growing that much more. How do we grow the business significantly more? And so for us, it was like, we didn't really know what else to do, but I did know what everyone was asking of me. So this is monthly1k.com. And what was interesting with monthly1k.com is that I kept getting people asking, how'd you start up Sumo? Because, you know, it was a, we were making around three to $4 million a year at that point, but we didn't have any other better idea. King Sumo was making about a quarter million, which was nice. But the thing that was, was interesting here is that just notice what people are asking of you. And I was like, well, if I create a course, which we created custom software, me, Eric, Chad, and Anton spent about a year building this and working on it. But it was basically like, if people keep asking this, I can't do this manually anymore. Let me put it online, monthly1k.com. And now you can just buy it yourself and get everything that I'm going to teach you in person. It is actually available today. So if you have been thinking about starting a side hustle and you're willing to do hard work, we provide the strategy and accountability. It's only $7. Why is it $7? Because I don't want to make any money. I told you I was already rich. And I just want people to take action and create their dream jobs. And so the biggest takeaway from monthly1k.com was that I hated it. And so what do you mean? You hated it. Yeah, it was hard work. But at the same time, I'm very proud of it. We wanted to get 3333. So I told you, we do really well when we have singular goals that we care about. And so we wanted 3,333 customers. And so we worked our asses off one by one, each customer one at a time to get that. I think at the end of the day, you're always proud of the things you work hard on that you wanted always. The one of the last thing I would say about this is that if you're noticing that certain parts of your business are draining a lot of energy, that's why I said I hated month of 1k, because there was these two groups of people, the, the doers who they just needed strategy and support. And then there's these other 
entrepreneurs who would watch the videos and say, hey, I'm not rich yet. And you need to figure out how do you allocate your time on the winners and on the people that you can't help, just start realizing you maybe you can't help them and be okay with that. And so out of Monthly 1K, Chad, uh, my business partner, was saying, hey, man, like, you know, Monthly 1K, we're kind of tired of these customers. We're tired of running this business. I mean, you notice Chad and I, there's a really important uh, lesson I'm going to talk to you at the end, but Chad and I are always wanting to do new things, which is great, but also has some downsides. And so what Chad noticed is that we're really good at marketing. So AppSumo.com, at the end of the day, we bring people customers. We bring the businesses the most important things in their business, which is customers, number one. And so we thought, well, why don't we give people the tools to do it themselves, specifically around email marketing? Like AppSumo is an eight-figure company. Now it's a lot lower, but originally it was 90% of our revenue was from email. So Chad thought, all right, let's create a tool to collect, help people collect emails. And look, now you see these pop-ups and email clicks everywhere. There wasn't a free option out there that did this. And so we launched this thing in 2013, 2014. And our first year, our goal, which I thought was really interesting, was to get 1 billion page views across all the sites that were installed on. So we were on the Chive and Tim Ferriss and all these other really interesting people and sites. And so we did the freemium model. That was my first experience with, with SaaS revenue as well in that it's really nice to have predictable revenue that each month you kind of know. But I also think there's like this negative downside with the SaaS business where once churn happens, once you slow down, or when coronavirus or something crazy happens, people look to their subscriptions first to cancel. But again, this is something we built all these tools, we were using all these tools internally. And I think there's something really, really smart and strong for you to say, hey, what am I just using myself that maybe I can give others? Or what can I build for myself that I'm excited about that I can go and share with others? So through sumo.com, uh, which is really called SumoMe, I bought a site called leo.io. And what I thought would happen, leo.io is a Chrome extension that's kind of like those pretty pictures on Chrome. There's a few other ones that do this now. But I thought, hey, I'll buy this extension. I'll put some ads to go to sumo.com and it'll work. And it did not work. <laughs> I paid about 25 cents a customer. I tried to grow it and I didn't grow it. And so the moral of the story here is that I'm showing you a lot of ideas. Some made money, some didn't work, some were opportunities, some were fun. A lot of it was challenging. But the overall thing is keep going and keep trying new things, keep doing new things. You never know who you're going to meet through it. You never know what's going to be working out. So sumo.com, from that, we actually struggled a good bit. And we started having a lot of competition because these email providers started just having their own pop-ups. And then between Chad and I, we had some disagreements about the future of the business. And so we created a site called meetfam.com. How that came to be is that with sumo.com, we were like, wow, of all the customers we have, these people on Shopify are paying us the most and they complain the least. So we're like, oh, you know why? Because when they collect an email address, they can have a value to that email address way more than an info marketer or a blogger or a consumer. And I think one of the things that Chad's done really well and helped us in our company is trying to identify like what's working that we can do 10 times more of or what things are not working so that we can be reducing. And I think that's something that I'll say to you and you're not going to do it. But if you go and look at your business and think about if I want to 10x my company, what could I really do? You probably do a lot less of certain things and do a lot more of things maybe you're not spending time on. So with FAM, we said, all right, let's go further into the Shopify world, which those were our best customers on our Sumo pop-ups. And we built this for about six months and it didn't work. Okay. So I spent, it didn't work at the end of the day. We spent about $6 million building it. It's automatic email for Shopify stores, which is kind of a confusing thing. We spent a million dollars to build it. Today, it makes about $1,000 a month, which is not a lot of money. I don't know if you know that. I think one of the major takeaways from this is that we didn't really have a Shopify store. We still don't have a Shopify store and we weren't really building for ourselves. Moral of the story, at the same time, you have to kind of learn your customers. So when we went to these people that are using Klaviyo or using MailChimp or using another provider, like, oh, we'll switch over and we'll do this thing for you. And everything is automatic. And we realized that people were like, one, switching costs were higher. So you should find that out if you're being like, oh, we're cheaper. I always thought cheaper always wins or more affordable. I don't like the word cheap. But even being more affordable wasn't worth it for people. And switching was a lot harder 
And people also wanted to design their own emails more than we expected. And if we had our own Shopify store, we'd probably know that. And I think there's still opportunity where you can automatically create emails and stuff like that. But what's interesting about FAM is that we started having access to Shopify stores. And again, coming back to it, you know, from my payments thing to where I went to with AppSumo, with FAM, we're doing email and we're competing. It's really, it was hard for us to distinguish ourselves. It's hard for us to be like, why are we unique? Everyone's going over here with this email marketing. There's so many pop-ups, so many companies, so many apps in the Shopify store. How do we win and dominate in our own world where we're not even worrying about competitors? And so what we ended up doing with that is we created a site called halldrop.com. And so what's interesting about halldrop, again, it kind of comes back to the AppSumo, goes back to what already works. And what works is that instead of doing their email marketing, which people are like, all right, there's a lot of people I can do, I can use instead of you guys. What if we just brought them customers? So we created halldrop.com. Chad's been leading the drive. They're doing amazing. And the idea here is kind of like an AppSumo or Product Hunt or Reddit for e-commerce products. So we do know what products we love. Like, hey, what hats or shoes? I love Suave Shoes. Or I know that I love different products like Peel phone cases, buypeel.com and other products like Lyft e-foil boards. And so this is a great place that people can drop their products and we just promote them, which is what we're already great at. And there's nothing else like it. We're not worrying about what any other business is doing. And I think there's a really interesting, powerful lesson in that is that Go and do the things you already love. Go find an advantage where you're, it's a green field that you can play your own game. I always like the phrase zig when others are zagging. And do your strengths, do your excellence, which is promotion. And so that's what we get to focus on here where let's promote awesome products and be the number one place online to promote great products. And so that's another thing I really want you to think about is that what can you be number one in? I'm talking to you. What can you be number one in? And you can't be number one in something. You just have to really figure that out. And the last thing that we've built today, and this is in 2020, that we finally made uh, all these different things. The last thing we built is called sendfox.com. With sendfox.com, the real interesting thing about this is that I was solving a problem where I hated MailChimp. <laughs> uh, I was mad that they charged you so much. I was mad that it was difficult to use. And I didn't like that when things went to spam. I had no idea why. I saw my own problem with an awesome team. And then we got it going. And so I think there, there's kind of two pieces here that really matter with sendfox.com. And if you're a content creator, go sign up, grab your username uh, if you want to grow your audience. And so I think the, the two things with sendfox.com that really matters. Number one, the person who ended up working on this was someone I bought their WordPress plugins. When I was running AppSumo, I bought WordPress plugins to help us grow because I thought we could promote it. I bought someone's WordPress plugins and he is the lead developer on SendFox. Hi, Garrett. And so that's number one is that you never know who you're going to work with. So if anyone's been impressive to you, keep in touch. And the second thing, and I've talked about this in my eight-figure video, which you know we should put in the description or you'll see in the sidebar, is that do seven to eight figure opportunities. So as we decided to do SendFox and run it as a business, we said, if this is not at least a seven figure opportunity, we are not going to do it. We will, even though I love it, it's like my baby, my little baby, we'll cancel it. You have to be intentional as you're choosing your business ideas, as you grow your business. One, it's a people solution, but also it's an opportunity solution. Because at the end of the day, we only have so much time and money available to do all these things. So that's been almost 20 ideas in over 20 years. What's still a little bit crazy about this is I didn't make any money at Facebook. I didn't really make any money at mint.com. And over the 20 years, I really only finally made money in the past few years of working at AppSumo.com after you've seen so many different things. Look how many different things I've done. And it's not to brag or show off about my stuff, but it's to inspire you for yourself. So there's three major takeaways that I really want you to think about moving forward in your own career. So number one, and I've said this a lot, but I'm going to keep saying it again. Have fun and solve your own problems. There's been a lot of business over the years. I didn't even realize it after I was putting this together for you. But ultimately, the business is like okdork.com where I basically just get to promote and teach you and share with you how to start and market businesses and the amazing people who are doing it. Uh, sendfox.com, appsuma.com, halldrop.com. I don't ever want to sell this company because I don't have anything else I want to work on. This is what I love. This is my life's work. And I want you to have that same things for the things that you're working on. So have fun and solve your own problems. 
Number two, this is something that really hit me hard this week, which is consistency. And so play to your strengths. And so for consistency, Chad, if him and me were running AppSumo today, it would probably still only be a few million dollar business or it'd be small. Why? Because we're always on to the next thing, which is what we're great at. And so we need to go embrace that. And he's starting Hall Drop and I'm running on the YouTube world and I'm running on the podcast and okdoor.com. I need to find the people that can be more consistent or to compliment you in those ways. So we found Eamon Al-Abdullah uh, in 2015. Thank you, Charlie Hohen. Love you, man. Go check out Charlie Hohen, everyone. And Eamon loves to 2 to 10x down what's working. And I really appreciate Eamon being so consistent and going from a one-man person by himself to end up building an eight-figure company. Uh, it says a lot about him and it says a lot about consistency and also finding people that will compliment you. Like if you're great at one thing, which for me, like I'm a great promoter, I need to go out and promote and share the, what the, these messages and these teachings and these experiences that we're doing at our company with you. And Eamon is a great operator and a great double downer. And so that's what he's doing uh, with AppSumo.com. So consistency is way underappreciated, especially like think about Mark Zuckerberg. One thing I've always thought about is that whether you like him or not, he's had to be consistently great for 15 years. That's hard. And the last thing is people, right? And some of these are cliches, but I have to tell you because this really, if you want to get to this million dollar level or multi-million dollar level, you can't do it alone. And I've been blessed to notice the people to connect with and also go out of my way. And I've had amazing people. Andrew Chen, thank you so much. Simon T from speeddate.com. He gave me an opportunity and paid me some money, which I don't think I deserved it. And I didn't feel my worth was there, but thank you. Susan Sue and so many more. Look for those people and connect with them. Always. Don't stop. I still am doing that to this day. I'm looking for you. If you're impressive, hit me up. Send me your stuff. Uh, and so is the money worth it? Yes. It makes life easier. And I still live way below my means. And so the money is secondary. The money is a little bit of a scorecard. I do like it. I do like creating it. And I like teaching it for you so that you can actually do work that you love. But at the end of the day, pick something that really matters to you and pick something that you want to work hard on and accomplish it. Follow your heart. Go out there and make some shit happen. I love you. That's a wrap. I hope you love the episode. If you did, let me know on Instagram. That's at Noah Kagan, what you thought of the episode and how it helped you in your business journey. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, dog, let's start a business together. And before you go, don't email me at podcast.okdork.com. I'm too tired for that. Also, make sure you're on my email list. I put out a lot of exclusive stuff every single Wednesday. That's sendfox.com slash Noah. And by the way, if you are trying to overcome fear and get your business started, check out monthly1k.com. It's something we put together for many years ago that's helped almost 10,000 people start their business's journey. That's monthly1k.com. And a final special thanks to Jason at podcasttech.com, just because he's the fucking best. And thank you, Mitchell, David, and all of the amazingness you do at Dork. And a special shout out to Mel at AppSumo. Just wanted to let you know that you are super dandy. Have a beautiful day. What's your favorite sparkling water flavor?